0: Listening to The Blizzard of Osborne by Michael Sheen Cuddy. Chapter 8 Go Down to Get Up. Sly was trying to make sense of what Cassie told him. Not only had Queen Mavis appeared before the little girl, but apparently she also gave Cassie a strange silver rhombus to take to the Emperor. It sounded unbelievable like a fairy tale.
1: That's what Queen Mavis said. Always look for the tallest tree.
0: Sly glanced up at the stand of trees swaying on top of the rocky cliff above them. Well, the tallest tree nearby would be one of those up there.
1: This cliff is so high. How can we get up there?
0: Well, there are many paths, some less obvious than others. Follow me. Sly snaked his way around boulders and slithered among jagged rocks until he came to a hole in the ground, a small burrow that tunneled down into darkness. He started to slide into the hole, which was not much bigger than a fox's den. You
1: want me to crawl into that dark hole?
0: Yeah, it's a shortcut.
1: Shortcut? I need to get to those trees on the top of the cliff.
0: Yeah, I know, but sometimes you got to go down to get up, go up to get down, get in to get out.
1: Are you sure?
0: Trust me.
1: Trust a talking cobra?
0: (laughs) Absolutely. It's the non-talking kind you got to worry about. Cassie crouched down and peered into the hole.
1: I don't think I'll fit.
0: Nah, you will. You're little and I know these caves inside out.
1: I can't see in there. It's pitch dark,
0: just follow the sound of my voice. I'll guide you. Cassie looked at Jet. How did they end up in such a strange place? Killer icemen and orange rivers and talking snakes? What next? Still, Jet looked ready to follow Cassie anywhere, and Cassie knew Jet had no problem crawling into dark holes. In fact, that was one of her favorite things to do. Truth be known. Cassie was very frightened, but she didn't want Jet or Sly to know it, so she decided to take a chance and follow Sly. Sly slithered along, talking constantly so Cassie could follow the sound of his voice. She wondered how he could find his way so well in the dark. She read somewhere that snakes don't have good eyesight, but do have very sensitive tongues. They could detect all sorts of things by flicking their tongues in the air, smells and subtle changes in temperature, humidity and air pressure. Sly understood that crawling in the dark was difficult for Cassie because he kept speaking to reassure her there was nothing to fear. Jet helped, too, by staying close to Cassie and nudging her gently whenever she faltered. After crawling along flat, sandy ground, it felt like the pitch of the narrow cave shifted and they started to crawl up an incline. Gradually, the angle grew more steep, Sly explained that they were now climbing upward, and eventually, they would come out at a grotto on top of the cliff. Cassie found this hard to believe because the cliff top had looked so high. Cassie had never been surrounded by such darkness. Back home, in her room some nights, she would stare at the ceiling in the dark and notice that the longer she stared, the more she could see. Even with the lamps off and the blinds drawn, a little light always found its way in, maybe from the street light outside her house or the pale reflection from the white ceiling above her bed. But the dark in the cave was absolute. She couldn't see anything whatsoever and was completely dependent on following the sound of Sly's voice and feeling Jet nudge her forward.
1: This dark is making me nervous.
0: Be patient. You're doing really well.
1: I'm cold.
0: Hmm. I didn't think of that since I'm cold-blooded myself. Crawling on her hands and knees slowly and blindly, Cassie put her hand down.
1: Ew! What is it? Something slimy. Ah, it's probably
0: just a slug. It won't hurt you.
1: I can't stand this.
0: We're getting close. Listen, have you ever heard the story of the sloth and the monkey? What?
1: No. Well, you know what
0: a sloth is, yeah? Yes.
1: Yes. I saw saw a nature nature program program about them. They're They're very, very, very slow and sleep most of their lives away.
0: That's right. Well, this is the story of a sloth and a monkey. Sly kept talking, and as he talked, he wound his way forward, so Cassie had no choice but to follow the sound of his voice in the dark. You see, once there was an old sloth named Victor. He was not only lazy, but he was very old, too, so he was even slower than all the other sloths. He was so slow and lazy, he grew tired of all the effort it took to climb up a banana tree and pick a banana. So for days and days, Victor didn't need a thing because it was just too much bother. The other sloths told him, Victor, you're going to starve if you don't try to get some food. Cassie crawled along in the dark, thinking Sly's story sounded very weird. Oh, what's the use, Victor said. By the time I climb all the way up that tree, some fast monkey is just going to race up there and get the bananas first. Just as he said this, a monkey named Al rushed up a banana tree and shouted down to Victor, Hey, slop, I can get you all the bananas you want. You won't ever have to climb a tree again. <laughs> Victor may have been old and lazy, but he wasn't stupid. He knew the monkey would expect something in return. Maybe it didn't really matter if Sly was talking nonsense, because at least Cassie had something else to think about other than the cold darkness. Just then, a snake poked its head out of a banana tree. "'Beware the monkey, Mr. Sloth,' said the snake." Victor and Al both looked up at the snake in the banana tree, who spoke again. The last time a monkey made such an offer, the sloth ended up as bait. The monkey sent the sloth into a banana grove first and watched to see if a lion was nearby. Soon, a lion pounced on the sloth, and the monkey ran safely away. "'Why, that's evil,' Victor said. "'Hey, why don't you mind your own business, snake?' "'This is between me and the sloth,' the monkey said. "'It is my business,' the snake said. "'Everything that happens to the animals in the jungle is my business "'because I'm one of those animals myself.'" Cassie waited for Sly to say something else, but he was quiet for a while. Finally, he said, "'Well, what do you think of that?'
1: "'What? That's it? That's a a dumb dumb story. story.'" No, it ain't. It's a great story. No, it isn't. The sloth is still lazy. The monkey doesn't get what he wants, and the snake... The snake just spoils it for everyone. Even the lion. No, he
0: doesn't. The snake saves the sloth's life by telling him how the monkey was going to use him as bait for the
1: lion. I don't get it. I thought it would be like the Garden of Eden or something.
0: The Garden of what?
1: You never heard of the Garden of Eden? Nope. Wow. There's a snake in that story, too, but it's totally evil.
0: An evil snake? What kind of a crazy story has an evil snake in it?
1: Are you serious?
0: Well, look around you. And that was when Cassie finally saw a bright ring of blue sky ahead. Just a few more feet, and they would climb out of the dark cave into a bright, sunny day.
1: I can't believe we made it to the top! Just like you said we would!
0: (laughs) Of course we did! Now... You didn't think I was a liar, did you? Next, when Sly sees how little Cassie knows of the ways of the Empire, he decides to guide her a bit farther.